welcome to another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Heath. This is a Galliard rant episode while I am driving. Hopefully the quality is not going to be too terrible. I'm still waiting on uh, some edits. I'm still waiting to do some edits on the latest episode with Carrie and I, where we talked about Tribe Book, Book Tenna, which is a very good episode. I'm really excited to share it with everyone, and sadly... Things have just been crazy for me. I got a new job and things have been, in a good way, very, very busy. So I haven't been able to get the final edits done on that yet. All of that said, I wanted to talk today about safety and consent in Werewolf the Podcast. and Werewolf the Apocalypse games, I should say. Wow, that was kind of an obvious mistake. So usually, and as you probably know, I like to talk about various things that are on the top of my head that I think are important in gaming, and I just listened to a great episode of Honor Roll Podcast where they talked about the safety and consent mechanics that were in the new Monty Cook's game supplement product idea thing. I think it is fantastic. It's free. It is. It's a checklist and some great advice and suggestions on how to ensure that your players are letting you know what things they like to experience in games, and if there are things that they don't want to experience in games. And I think this is a topic that's particularly important for World of Darkness games. And I know that there's a segment of people out there that say, well, the World of Darkness is dark, get used to it, you should expect these things, you should immediately be jumping in and uh, and assuming like all horrible things are going to be happening here. And while that on some level is true about the world of darkness, that there are horrible things, that all of the bad things in our real world are also present in the world of darkness. And I think it's not too strange to assume that your players are aware of that or should be aware of that. You should be telling them that when you are a storyteller, you should be prepping them and explaining to them These are the types of things that you will see in my games. And if they're not familiar with the World of Darkness, you should make sure that they are familiar with the World of Darkness when you are preparing them to play in the game that you are running. So this is largely a storyteller episode. But I want you to know that as a player, you have the right at any time to leave a game for whatever reason. You can stand up and say, I'm not okay with whatever is happening. I am leaving. That is true for any single person of any background at all. You have the right to leave a game. If you are uncomfortable, you have the right to leave the game. And if anyone tells you otherwise, that is a problem. That is a deeper problem than the game itself. Now, when I am running horror in games, when I am trying to scare my players, I want to make sure that I'm finding the things that scare them without making them uncomfortable, and it, or I want them to be scared but not, un, not incapable of interacting with the story and of making choices and of fighting back against the things that scare them. I think one of the things that is essential to Werewolf and to the World of Darkness in general is the idea that you are fighting back 
against the horrors of the world. Yes, you are a horrible, frightening monster of your own. But as a monster, you have agency. You have the ability to make choices, to make decisions, to take actions against the horrible things that are happening in the world around you. Ecological terrorism is an essential element of werewolf the apocalypse. You, as a Garu, as a werewolf, you are a creature that is angry that the world is being destroyed, and you are intentionally, actively taking aggressive action against all of the industrial complex in an attempt to save the world from destruction. You are a monster. And, and But at the same time, you are a monster that has the ability to change the world. And that is the biggest difference between being a regular human being and being a character in any role-playing game. 99.9% .9 of characters in role-playing games are capable of taking action that will change the world around them, whether that's on a small scale or a large scale or whatever, they have the ability to change everything. And that that right there is the essential element to me about consent in gaming. If I am telling you that you have the ability to change whatever it is that is happening in the world, and something happens that you would not agree with or you would not be happy with, for example, if, uh, and uh, content warning, if a character were to be raped or something like that were to happen, you have the ability to fight back against those things and stop them from happening. You have that agency. And if a storyteller tells you, no, you don't have any control over X, Y, and Z that is happening, that is the essential problem for me with those people that push back against consent mechanics and push back against the idea that you can have discussions with people about the content that you are putting into your games. When I am watching a movie or reading a book, I have the ability to find out a general idea of what the movie or book is going to be about before I dig into it. And I have the ability to put it down or turn it off and walk away and leave it for good. Because those activities are largely passive. It allows you to walk up and leave easier. In a game, there is some social, uh, I don't know what the right word, pressure, some social pressure that would push back against you and say, you know, maybe I shouldn't get up and leave even though I'm uncomfortable. So if you can have a conversation with your players and you as a player can have a conversation with the other players and the storyteller and tell them, hey, these are the elements of content that I like. These are the elements of content that I really find scary. These are the things that I'm interested in exploring and diving into. And these are the things that are just hard stop areas for me. It allows you to really immerse yourself more fully in the horror. And people have these conversations. People have been having these conversations for decades around their table, but it is good to have formal systems established like session zeros, or people used to call them just, hey, we're getting together and making characters. 
It's setting expectations for a story when you do that. I want to encourage you to read the book and read the checklist that Monty Cook Games put out because it is really well done. It reminds players that they have a responsibility to tell their storyteller and to tell their other players what their limits are as much as it does the storyteller. And it says everyone is here to tell a story together. And telling a story together means being on the same page together. And as an, a, a horrible monster that is hell-bent on ecological terrorism, you better believe that you should establish some hard limits and say, hey, for me, and this is always a thing for me as a player and a storyteller, I will not hurt children in my games. That is a hard line for me. If, if it's a teenager, maybe we have some, like, stretching there, but particularly children under 11, no. That's a hard no for me. It is not okay for me to have those conversations. It's not okay for me to have those elements in my games. That doesn't mean I can't imply things that are horrific. That means that doesn't mean I can't include things like the seventh generation in my games, which I have included in my games. And I've said, yes, the seventh generation does all of the horrible things that you would imagine that a ring of rich people that steal and abuse children do. And I've usually left it at that. I have left the implication there without getting graphic, without going further, without getting into a territory that I'm uncomfortable describing or talking about or engaging conceptually. The players, when they have encountered things related to that group, are just as scared of them, are just as impacted by their horrificness as if I were to describe those things in detail. Because their imagination. My ability as a storyteller allows their imagination to create way worse things for them to think of than I can describe. And just the implication of darkness and of horribleness is enough for most people. And it worries me on some level if you're like, no man, I really need to get super, super graphic. I don't think you do. I think a really effective storyteller, not good, bad, whatever, an effective storyteller is able to hint at things and allow players to fill in the blanks and allow players to assume things and allow players to create and offer ideas that actually make them scared within their limits. And that's what we should be shooting for. So... I guess this Galliard rant is the most ranty of rants that I have had. But I really believe, I believe 100% strongly that if you are telling horror stories with your players, you should understand what hurts them as a person before you include certain elements in your stories. Because if you can find things that they are comfortable being scared by, they will have a much better time. 
They will remember your story fondly. They will keep coming back, which is what you should be want. You should, what you should want. You should want your players to come back. You should want your players to tell their story about your game for decades or even longer. So I encourage you, dig in, learn how to talk to your players effectively, learn how to use mechanics and techniques that allow you to set limits, and then go as dark as you are allowed to be with the players that you have at your table. And I'm, I promise you that they will respond better than if you just spring something on them. I promise you that. This has been another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. I am your host, Josh Heath. I cannot wait until you get the next episode, our next official episode, and I look forward to talking to you more soon.